The game is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has five stores in Northern Virginia and D.C. For the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running. There has been just so much excitement from camp, and we're seeing these snippets from people's social media feeds. We're seeing national media come and talk to the players. We're seeing our own players talk, and we're seeing just so much good so far in camp. What has been your favorite thing that you have seen, Stoner? Uh, I'll be completely transparent. The best part of camp so far has just been the fans. That that has been it, it's so nice to see the interest uh, of the team and the ability to put ten thousand people in those stands. If you remember last year, yes, there were very sparse crowds at times, but it's not like they had ten thousand tickets to give away to training camp. They only had a few hundred each day, and for a lot of those days, they were using that weird lottery system. Right. You remember that? And, it, and then like the first couple of days, it was all screwed up. So they had like 50 people out there. Yeah. Now they've got 10,000 people every day. Not every day on Saturday it was, but they have thousands of people every single day. And that just, I mean, it just gives you for us who are not there. It, it gives us a feeling of respectability that we don't have to uh, another one of those questions. We don't have to talk about that. The team is, doesn't have that black cloud and it's, we're not being embarrassed by showing very few fans. We're just like any other team now. And so I think the biggest part for me has been uh, the fans. And then uh, later, maybe I'll talk about the on the field stuff that's got me excited. Yeah, there, there's certainly some on-the-field things that have me excited. The fans, though, you're absolutely right. We were there last year in the lottery system. I mean, there's people, uh, Tim out in Indianapolis, who he 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 complained, and he had every right to complain because they would tell you 24 hours, not even 24 mm-hmm. hours. It, maybe the night before, they're like, hey, you get the ticket to camp. If you're one of the fans that are outside of the DMV area, mm-hmm. you can't, that doesn't work for you. And Tim, as, as, as an example, because I know that, you know, we've interacted with him with the show and stuff. So it is just one of those things. You got Andy out in England. It's like, well, okay, can't, definitely not going to come out to camp if, if that's the you way things are going to go. You can't. Yeah, you can't. And um, so it was very frustrating. And then, Stoner, mm-hmm. now if you do get a ticket, you come out and, you have to provide like your own shade and your own seed and you have right. to like, like it's, it's in a muddy area. There's no, yeah. there's like one little trailer for a team store and yep. then not much else. They, I mean, if you get there and they have the VIP set up, maybe you can get yourself some coffee or some snacks like baggy snacks or whatnot. And it's so it's a whole new experience right it's, now. And I is. think that's just great because this fan base deserves it. This fan base needs something like that. So it is pretty exciting for uh, for that. That's an excellent. I think the thing I'm most excited about is we've t- talked a little bit is just seeing the hype from outside this organization. Hmm. We routinely will get ash burned. We sure. will we will think we're going 17 and 0 
what leading going Ash- into what's that what is ashburn where does that come from ashburn it it comes from fooling being a fan and fooling yourself into believing that the team is just going to do great things right year in year and out you you this is a team that was 8 8 and 1 and like we think they're going to go 17 and 0 we think they'd go 17 and 0 after a 3 and 14 season <laughs> right. that's just how it works as a yeah. fan you get yourself ashburn and you're like you're going to you're going to Put on those burgundy and gold glasses, and you're going to get excited to see other people outside the organization get in here and be excited. Mm-hmm. You have Mina Kimes being excited. You have Kate Adams, Kate Adams, sorry, being excited. That is just that's that is what feels great is it's just like, great. Okay. We do, we have these rights to be excited. It's not Mm -hmm. just the ownership change, right? There's on the field things to be excited about. There is there, there is a lot to be excited about on the field. And it especially starts with the defense. I think that's so far, that's definitely going to be the strength of the team. And if the offense can perform anything close to a little bit better than last year, then this team has a chance to do some damage. As bad as this offense was last year with the quarterback situation specifically, they still went 8-8-1 eight, eight and one and were a half a game out of the playoffs. Or maybe a full game, however you want to look at it. One, one more win and they would have been in the playoffs. Yeah. So this defense which was already one of the best got better when they drafted their first two picks were in the secondary. And so far in camp, it seems that the secondary is dominating. And so that's starting to get a lot of press nationally. Like you said, Forbes is the real deal. Quan Martin is the real deal. We know that so far that those two guys and you right now you've got like seven defensive backs who can stake a claim at starting there are seven of them and you can't start seven of them. So it's, it's great depth. It's a good problem to have. I've been most excited. I think with Emmanuel Forbes, he's been doing, he's been showing out in camp every single day. Yes. He's super skinny, but his length is giving some of the guys trouble. Look, McLaurin's going to beat anybody. So McLaurin is feasting on him a little bit. McLaurin was recently talking about how he knows he's top 10. He feels like he has the talent to be top five. Hmm. You like, you like that kind of moxie coming from your wide receiver one. Yep. So I think Forbes is probably for me is the most exciting. And then probably second from that will be is the health of the two guys, two important players that are coming back from, um, knee injuries, which is Chase and Logan Thomas. And those two guys are extremely important to the success of the team. I think Logan Thomas is more important to the success than Chase is, but Chase has that role of importance on the team as well. Sam Howell needs a reliable tight end because he's going to have issues with the offensive line, I believe. And so he needs to be able to know that my guy, Logan, is right down there. He's not going to let a defender get in front of him, and I know where he's going to be, and I can just throw it up there, and six foot six Logan Thomas is going to get that ball for me and bail me out. 
So those, I think, are the three biggest on-the-field excitements for me are Logan, Chase's health, and then Emmanuel Forbes is everything that we had hoped he'd be. He's not like Jamin Davis a couple (laughs) years ago when it was like he's trying to figure it out. Emmanuel Forbes has it figured out. I think there was at one point in Jamin's first first year there, his rookie year, that he was playing with the – the third string right on a routine basis. Right. And that was pretty scary when you look at the people ahead of him on the roster and you're just like, he, he, you gotta be better than these guys. You can't, (laughs) you can't, you can't be sitting that far behind on the roster as the 19th overall pick Mm -hmm. and Emmanuel Forbes. You're right. He's doing some great things. Joshua saying he's making moves on Terry. Yeah. You've seen it where he's even, you know, he's going to get beat by Terry probably nine times out of 10, but there's times where he's keeping up and he's learning and he's doing things. And you mentioned that depth. And I think that is, I, that was the thing that I said with Quan Martin, right? And you were so upset that they went with cornerback, they went defense, and sure. they went, they went back to back CBs in the opening rounds. And I said, I like it for the depth. You cannot, this is a passing league. Mm-hmm. You need to have four quality guys out there because you're sure. going to see four quality receiving threats out there and you need to be able to to be able to match up with them. So to have those two be impact players, which is what we need from your first two picks in the draft is to be impact players. Yes. Love to see it. Yep. Love uh, to see it. Missed this earlier that uh, Phil here, Beard and Knowledge, uh, popping in to say go birds. We'll put it up there just because we like Phil, and then we're going to get rid of it real quick. Yeah, next so, next time, Phil, you're going to have to hit that super chat to make us put up, <laughs> put up right. a Go Birds. We that's are right. obligated to put up a super chat if He's, you if you pay us money. We'll put up your yeah. uh, you'll put up your uh, thing there, but no more yeah. of that shenanigans. But thanks, Phil, for dropping by. Yeah, we like Phil, uh, so here during cool. the live chat. Yep the Gus giving us a little flashback here. This or that. Oh, nice. Logan has eight touchdowns or Chase has 12 and a half sacks. Because I thought that was pretty interesting, Stoner, that you're going to go with Logan being more important to the success of this team. Big time. Than Chase Young. Big time. Because the defense without Chase last year, did he play three or four games? Played the the last three games. Yeah. Without Chase, they were a top five defense. This offense needs Sam Howell to be to to be the man. Needs to be better than last year, and so Chase or uh, Logan is super important for that. So yeah, I'm gonna take Logan stats over Chase stats all day. Is in so terms you're taking of the eight touchdowns over the twelve and a half sacks. I'm a interested percent. in our listeners here chiming in. So if you're watching on YouTube right now, I want to know, are you taking this or that? Logan Thomas, eight touchdowns or Chase, 12 and a half. If you're an audio listener, again, hit us up on one of our socials here. I'm taking the that Hmm. because I disagree with you. I think Chase Young is going to be more important than Thomas Hmm. as a season. I get what you're saying and giving Sam Howell a safety outlet. Yeah. But hear me out. Okay. Curtis Samuel. Yep. Brian Robinson. Yep. Antonio Gibson. Sure. You could throw Bates or Cole Turner in there as well. You have receivers that are quality and are going to get open in a quick time when Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin. And so I just don't 
see Logan Thomas, even if he like I get eight touchdowns would be pretty, pretty darn good. But there are enough pieces to the offensive puzzle that can be used as a safety blanket for Sam Howell. Okay. If Chase Young has 12 and a half sacks, you're not talking just a, like the adding to this defense, which was missing sacks last year. Okay. Their okay. leading sack uh, person was Deron Payne at 10 and a half. 11 and a half. Was it okay. 11 and a half? It was Whatever. 10 and a half. Someone check us, fact check us. I already got Get Jonathan this. Taylor uh, pulled up because it was he was a second round pick. So that's a okay. fact check for uh, for us <laughs> during the, uh, the warm up there. 12 and a half sacks is nothing to sneeze at. No, and right. that takes this defense from top five to potentially being the top defense in the NFL. Okay. And again, so you have safety blankets. Who else besides Chase Young is going to put up those kind of sack numbers? Montez Sweat, right? That's the mm -hmm. that and that's 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 who you have. Okay. Okay, there are uh, plenty of people who are going to help Sam Howell put up some offensive numbers. There's nobody on the defense that are going to put up chase-like numbers. All those guys that you mentioned. 11 and a half sacks, so you were correct that yes. time. There you go. All those guys that you mentioned, they were all here last year. And they were unable to get this offense out of the mud. Scott because Turner-led offense. Okay. Fine, you can you can you know couch it with all these other reasons of why, but they were all here last year and they couldn't get it done in terms of having a potent offense. Yeah. So that's why I think he it's important that he steps up. Now he played more games than Chase did, uh Logan Thomas did, but he wasn't as effective. He needs to be effective. We now, need both of them to be effective, yes. Yes. Now, if you asked me, Logan Thomas, eight touchdowns, or Cole Turner, eight touchdowns, it doesn't really matter. I'm kind of saying the tight end pos mm -hmm. uh, position is going to be super important for a young quarterback with what I think is a shaky offensive line. So it's kind of I'm kind of putting it on that position more than I am on the player. So if he goes down and Cole Turner steps up, and gets those eight touchdowns, great. But um, I just think that's more important because you already had a talented defense without Chase Young. Sure. You did not have a talented offense without Logan Thomas. And we need offense. We need the offense. We do. The, this is definitely a team that needs some offense there. Uh, looking at the comment section here on YouTube, TJ takes the sacks. Trout uh, says Chase Young as well. Gus is taking uh, Chase Young. Caleb agreeing with you, Stoner. QBs need a tight end and look at all the top, top QBs. They typically have a tight end they rely on. Um, and this this QB especially, like I said, because he's young and because it's a shaky offensive line. Sure. He's going to need that dump off. We're, we're going to talk on that one right now because you led into it. As we're mm -hmm. talking about training camp here. The offensive line is probably the biggest question mark to me, and that includes Sam Howell. Mm. Sadiq Charles not in team drills today. Yeah. Dealing with a calf injury. Chris Paul played in left guard. This is what we've seen from Sadiq Charles year in and year out. 
you hear good things about him. You think that this, this might be a player who can stick around and then an injury rears its head and you're back at the drawing board. You are a Chris Paul fan, both on the court and here on the field. Yeah. So do you think that this is a lateral move that you're still going to have question marks? Cause this is a seventh round pick from just last year. Who's going to be playing on your offensive line or like, what's your level of concern here with Sadiq Charles and this offensive line entirely? My level of concern on the offensive line is at about a 90 on a scale to a hundred. I am super duper concerned about this offensive line, especially today when all the reports that you got out of camp today, I understand the guy's name is John Allen. I understand his name is Deron Payne and Montez Sweat and all these other guys. But the defensive line was obliterating the offensive line today. And not just on 11-on-11s, but on -on one-on-one drills. This offensive line has no shot against our defensive line. Our defensive line is top five. I get it. But... There are some good, especially in the NFC East, there are some extremely talented defensive lines. And they're going to eat this offensive line up. I don't care who's playing left guard. But it's it's last year it was Andrew Norwell, and he was bad. Chris Not Paul well. couldn't beat him out. Uh, Sadiq Charles couldn't beat him out last year. And this is a guy that we saw was absolutely horrific at left guard. And now the guys who couldn't beat out that guy, you're relying on them to be your top. Sometimes you see a jump in, in, in ability from year to year. And this is the second year for Chris Paul. And you, mm-hmm. you know, he's had now one game under his belt and you That's were pretty pleased. On. I'm not saying it's, it's mm-hmm. to me, I said it already. It is my number one concern stoner is the offensive line. Yeah. Sam Howell could potentially be a great quarterback. But if he has a David Carr-like rookie season and gets sacked 76 times, mm-hmm. we'll never see nailed it. that number, by the way. I have it up. That's why. Oh, okay. The, yeah. uh, the, uh, if, he, if he's under pressure the whole time, you're never going to see that potential. Yeah, and that's right. You might see a glimpse of it here or there, but he's going to get so shell shocked. It was uh, Jason Campbell's another great example where Jason Campbell, you know, uh, he held on the ball probably a little too long, but and his throwing motion was even longer. Mm. But he, like, he just never had time. There were some offensive lines that he played behind that it was just constantly he was getting barrage, bar, you know, having this barrage. And uh, you're right, there's six times in the season, we're guaranteed to go up against what should be a top 10 defensive line or defensive unit there just within our own division. Just in the division. We don't even know really what those, you know, Denver's or Buffalo, what those D lines are going to be like. Charles Leno is serviceable. I know a lot of people don't like him as the, the left tackle. He's league average. I'm not trying to say he's great. I just said he's serviceable. Some people will take some umbrage with that. Um, but he is. He's just, he's milk toast. You take it or leave it. Then you have left guard that is questionable. Mm-hmm. 
Nick Gates so far in camp, you've heard about him snapping the ball high. And by the way, Stromberg had that trouble today. Stromberg has that trouble. Stromberg is your third round pick this year, mm -hmm. and everybody's telling us he's not going to play. He's a top 100 pick stoner, mm. and he's not yeah, even going to see the field. Right. Then you get to right guard, which is Sam Cosme, which is where people predicted him to be when he was drafted a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. But he started at right tackle, performed fairly well at right tackle, but injuries have been his concern. Mm -hmm. Last year, they did this crazy back and forth with him and Cornelius Lucas and, mm -hmm. you know, the... It was just really weird. Now they're just shoving him at guard. So he has to learn the guard position. And we've heard good things from Sam Cosme. I like Sam Cosme. I do too. The athleticism is great. He's got to stay healthy. Yeah. But he's also trying to learn. There was a report from Camp Today, Stoner, mm -hmm. that Montez Sweat and Deron Payne did a, uh, a maneuver that completely put him and Nick Gates just in complete disarray. Mm -hmm. I and think they have on their butts. Yeah. And you have Montez Sweat and Drawn Payne just absolutely dancing after this whole move because they're like, yeah, it worked. Mm -hmm. You know, they get to try that in the game now because they just put two linemen on their behinds. And that's so that concerns me from Sam Cosme. And then at right tackle, you have Wiley, who is a free agent pickup, who was Kansas City's biggest concern going into the playoffs because right. he was just a mess last year. He ends up having a pretty decent playoffs and a very good Super Bowl. He did. He absolutely did. So, but then and they let him go. <laughs> and then they let him go. Right, right. So, there's just I just don't have a lot of confidence in this line. I I am a howler and I have confidence in Sam Howell's ability to be better than the QB play we got last year. Yeah. In a vacuum. In reality, I just don't know that I trust this offensive line to do it. I think the scheme from Eric Bieniemy is going to have to really work with a average at best offensive line. Yeah, it's and I say that I have help. a ball that's actually signed somewhere in this house right now by by the offensive line. I and I, I I'm not trying to pick on them. Right. But I mean, it's, it is going to be an average line at best. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all those points are, are super valid and, and hopefully be enemy schemes and his coaching and will help this offensive line and help this offense to overcome those shortcomings because there's definitely issues up and down that offensive line. And it's not one of those to where, they brought in a bunch of guys and you're like, well, hopefully they can gel. This is not a concern about these guys gelling. This is a concern about their talent level hmm. that uh, hopefully is good enough to protect Sam and to have a decent enough offense. It's super scary. I, I mean, we wanted a left guard or a left uh, tackle to be more specific with their first round pick. That's what we all wanted. And then if they didn't get that, we wanted it for their second round pick. We all we all wanted it. We wanted the kid from Florida, Osiris Torrance. I just I still remember him. Right? We wanted him. But they went in a different direction. Mm -hmm. And so now they're going to pay for it. They're yeah. going to pay for or, it. Waited for the fourth round to pick up that offensive line. Yeah, now. which 
Is he even out there at practice? Well, I guess third round, but they t- they're already telling us the third round pick isn't even going to there. Right. Yeah. So they went to guard mm-hmm. was fourth round. And this is a guy who's not even sniffing a backup job right now. Yeah. He's sniffing uh practice squad. You're hearing a lot more from an undrafted free agent. Yeah. And Mason Brooks. than you're hearing from the fourth round pick Braden Daniels. Mason Brooks, let's talk about that because this okay. is a guy who I'm very quickly becoming enamored with, and it's just from a few reports. Mm-hmm. Well, yesterday, Stoner, he puts Fedarian Mathis on yep. his backside. Yep. They went toe-to-toe in the 1v1 drill, and and Brooks, Mason Brooks, who's an undrafted free agent, stands up uh, Fedarian Mathis. Players go wild. Everyone's asking for a rematch. They get the rematch. Mm-hmm. Mason Brooks sits down for Darian Mathis. For Darian Mathis is a second round pick from last year who we heard great things about and looked like he was going to fulfill that part up until being injured. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who you're going to see heavy in the rotation this year. And right. this undrafted free agent is showing up and apparently Mason Brooks continuing that good work today as Lonell Willingham tweeted out Mason Brooks continuing to stand out in one V ones FA Obata had no answer for him. So now okay. you've got a defensive tackle. Now you got a defensive end ish. I think Obata kind of a tweener in between there. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of Mason Brooks? Cause I'm starting to, I'm really starting to like the kid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what his nickname should be? Hmm. His nickname should be JFP. <laughs> He's the camp. What yeah. what what is that term? It's, it's our have? it's our uh, district diamond is what our we give out. Yeah. That's what he's going to be. Sure. He's going to be that guy that you never heard of that's popping out there every once in a while. That's probably not even going to make the team, or he's going to be a practice squatter. I don't understand. They so paid either. him some money. They did. They paid him. Not only did they pay him money, Stoner, which they you mm-hmm. pay your undrafted free agents. They gave him the highest amount you can right. give an undrafted free agent. That's how bad that. they wanted him. I, I get that, but let's not start talking like he's going to all of a sudden be the starter at left guard, right? He's he's popping because he's an undrafted free agent. He's not popping because he's a starter. Be, you know, how many times, we have no idea, did Andrew Wiley put somebody on their butt in those one-on-one drills we never heard anything because if he did that would be like okay cool next let's move on to the next one or if he had a good drill against montez sweat okay fine move on to the next that's what he's supposed to do but when an undrafted guy does it then that gets everybody all fired up and it's like the guy who uh at the end of a college basketball game the walk-on the the guy who was water boy for four years and then all of a sudden he gets a chance to go in and score and the whole bench goes crazy because you, you don't expect that to happen. You don't expect Mason Crosby. What's his name? George Mason Crosby. What's Ma- his name? Mason Brooks. Is who Mason you're referring Brooks. To? Okay. Six foot six, 315 pounds. You don't expect an undrafted free agent to put a second rounder on his butt two times in a row. That's why it's a big deal. That's all it is. Let's temper our expectations on Mason Crosby Brooks. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's, I'm, that's my I, it's going to be hard Do you for think me. He's going to be a starter. Yeah, Joshua, you're absolutely right. That's, that's some Debbie Downer <laughs> stoner <laughs> stuff. There. I, I can't, this is just, this is what happens. 
This is when Jarrett Patterson comes on, and then we just love Jarrett Patterson. Or when when uh, what's his name? What's his name? The the receiver for who played Terrell Pryor makes a one handed catch, and we're anointing Pringle? him a Pro Bowl. Oh no, Terrell Pryor. Yeah, that was remember yeah, that when he made that. Yeah. Somebody he was got coming off of camera. a. He was he was also coming off of a thousand yard wide receiver year. Oh, uh, Trev in the chat oh. here. Our man Trev, love you. Thanks for uh, joining us in the chat there. Uh, uh, hold on. Hold on. He agrees with you, Ter- by the way. Mason Mason Brooks uh, is this year's JFP. That's uh, Trev in the chat here. Oh, that's true. I didn't know Trev was yeah. babyface. Uh, oh. Thanks, uh, Trev. And again, we love you, man. And uh, we can't wait for you to come back. Yep. Okay. So hold on. Terrell Pryor had a thousand yard receiving one year. I'm not with Washington. He was not with Washington. With it was with, with Cleveland. Jets or something or Cleveland. He had a thousand yards. I'm a, I don't know about that. Uh, in have... Oakland, and uh, sorry, that's QB. Let's see here. I'm looking yeah. for his receiving yard. Someone might Come be on, able Gus. to get quicker. Let's I know. See if Gus can beat you to it. Adjusted passing, receiving, and rushing. A thousand and seven yards with Cleveland in 2016. All receiving. All receiving. Okay. All right. All right. You got me. You got me. A thousand. There we go. A thousand and yep. seven. I mean, Gus, barely. our stat guy, Gus, in the chat, 2016, 77 receptions, 1,007 yards. Okay. But it's it's that point of some one thing happens in camp and we all lose our minds and think sure. this guy's going to be a pro bowler. And it's it's not happening. It happens every year. It's why we have the district diamond. It's award. why we have the district. Who was, who was our district diamond last year? Do you even remember? Because I think JFP was the year before. Because JFP year was, yeah, it was JFP. his, yeah, it's his sophomore year. Last Who year was it was. Now you're going to make me think. JFP oh. was year one. Yeah. Year two. Maybe it was a receiver or something, of a of a, like a Cam Sim. We'll have to look back, but we do have a District Diamond Award that we give out. It was, a, yeah. It, Usually is going to be an offensive player, but uh, yeah. we'll see how we. All right, sorry we, for like, being Debbie Downer. Player. Yeah, always. Mason Crosby Brooks was balling out the last couple of days in practice. Okay, he was. He was. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'll give him his flowers. <laughs> all right. Are we going to talk about Sam at all? We are. We oh. are. We're going to get to your tracker and everything here. Oh, I wanted oh, yeah. first to talk about, we had a note in here about the running backs. And of course, the game is presented to you by Pacers running. And the oh. running backs and on our team could probably use a couple shoes from Pacers running. So make sure you head out to either one of their five sites in the DMV or go on uh, online. If you want a virtual fitting, I thought that that would have been one of the most silly things in the world, getting Mm. virtually fit, but they put me in the right shoes for my needs. And I never had to step foot into the store. Yep. But if so, you don't have to either make sure you head out to Pacers running, get into our running backs here. Stoner. When we're talking about this offensive line, maybe mm-hmm. Mason Brooks isn't the answer. Maybe Chris Paul isn't the answer. Mm-hmm. Tight end blocking and backfield protection with the running backs are going to matter. Yep. We are starting to hear a little bit more about Gibson being a third down back and doing yep. more of that pass protection. You have John Bates, who you consider a, a tackle plus, <laughs> right? And maybe Logan, uh, Thomas is healthy enough. He is a he is a decent blocker. I wouldn't go mm-hmm. to say he's an above average blocker. Cole Turner needs to work on his blocking mm-hmm. that we saw from last year. How important 
you know, is that for this offensive line to have these? We've seen some of the Montez Sweat was getting angry yesterday, I believe it was, because he was getting chipped. They were mm-hmm. sending tight ends after him. They were sending running backs, and they were just, you know, this is still early on in practice, and it's just like, hey, what what, what are you doing here? Like, you, you might want to use those offensive talents as offense, but what if they do some of those mass, mass protection? We start seeing more 12 personnel with two tight ends out there to kind of help with uh, the pass blocking. Yeah, the beauty of that, if they do those mass protections, is you do have receivers on the outside who can get o- get open, and you do have a quarterback who can deliver the ball. We saw that last year in Dallas on a couple of plays where they did have mass max protection and only sent two guys out. And I remember on one particular play, it was just Jahan and Terry, and everybody – and I mean, everybody else was blocking and Sam had a great uh, pocket and he stepped up and he threw a perfect pass because he knew Terry was going to be open and Terry was. And by the way, Jahan was too on the other side. He would have uh, been able to get it as well. But you can't do that all the time, obviously. And and if teams begin to pick up on that, then they'll just double the outside sure. receivers. But yeah, they're, they're going to have, that's where Eric B comes in. That's where his talent as an offensive uh, schemer comes into play to where he understands what he needs to do in order to make this offense work. But yeah, those guys are going to be super important. Those uh, running backs uh, chipping and, and, and staying in to block and all that. Those guys are going to be hugely important this year. Let's get to our man, Eric Benemy right now. Okay. He is the epitome of being camp fired up. Mm, yes, and he is. He's been getting on players left and right, recalling huddles, sitting the first team down because they couldn't get into position properly. Yeah. Today reports coming out that he's also screaming at the refs. The right. uh, team had some refs out there, important part of the process so that they can learn, you know, what they're doing, what they're getting called. It's kind of important for the refs to kind of get in that, that uh, there, but the refs, according to Ben Standick, the refs were explaining why they called a penalty. Uh, he believes on the prior red zone player, the play, and Eric Bainemi just came out screaming at them to get out of the way because the offense was attempting to run a play. Right, already right. in in full uh, game mode. There is it's like, no, let's hurry up, let's get this going, and getting those extra reps in. How important is it like to have a guy like Eric Bainemi just be fired up for the team? Yeah, it's totally different than last year with Scott Turner out there. Uh, regardless of what you think of his Scott's ability to run an off, design an offense, and, yeah, scheme and an run offense. it, yeah, scheme an offense. Eric Bieniemy is not playing around out there, and he will scream at guys, and he will f bomb them here and f bomb them there, and pull yank guys out of lineups and sit guys down and pull entire offenses out. Scream at refs. You didn't see that with Scott Turner. Not that necessarily one way is better than the other. Some some guys respond better to quiet confidence, treat me like a professional. Some guys respond better to a screamer who's who doesn't put up with uh, anybody's bullcrap. But it's a totally different than what's been around here the last few years. And so it's kind of refreshing. And we all like the guys to be held accountable. So when you see it happening right in front of you, you see a guy getting screamed at and thrown off of the first team offense. You feel like okay, this is a guy who represents me. I because I like to keep, I like to hold people accountable. So, 
it's good to have that style out there now just because it's so different than what it's been the last few years. I'm going to keep you waiting on the Sam Howell thing because I have one last note mm. from training camp today. Okay. And it's kind of an important one. Special teams was lacking last year in some pop. Well, okay. they're trying to see where they can do with some of this return game. You have Antonio Gibson out there, By Byron Pringle, who's showing yep. some immense speed. Mm -hmm. uh, the early darling for the District Diamond, Cashmere Allen, and then, of course, Dax Milne, yep. who I don't think any fan wants out there. Right. I, I, I'm okay with him being out there because he has steady hands and he's, it didn't seem like he was going to drop it. That was, you know, coming back from going all the way to uh Sims jr. Right. Mm -hmm. Steven Sims jr. Like there was some ball security issues. Yep. Dax yep. Milne might not be flashy and he runs sideline to sideline too much for my taste, mm -hmm. but at least he, he was holding onto the ball. Yeah, that's true. What do you think of, seeing some of these in the return games reports by the way stoner also that Jahan Dotson was uh, and Antonio Gibson both were looking at fielding punts as well yeah yeah they're trying everything because that has been an issue the last couple of years and I thought Dax Milne was fine he's he's not explosive and he's not gonna uh, when he put his runs. foot in the grass and mm -hmm. went forward yeah, you had that some, was a win. You had some really good. Yes, it was yeah. a win. You yeah. had some really good gains. Yeah, the problem was too often his processing was catch to not drop the ball. Again, mm. perfectly fine with that. But then he would do this: go left, go right, go left again, and it was mm -hmm. just like he, you were no longer in college. You can't. You're not outrunning anybody, Dax. Right, <laughs> right. Dax. You might you might be fast enough to steal. Wilson's girl, but you're you're not fast enough to get past the gunners at an NFL level. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And these other guys, they have more uh talent, more ability, but they just don't have the experience. And plus, I mean, personally, I don't want Jahan Dotson back there fielding punts. I, I don't know how good Gibson can do it. We know he can return kicks, he's fine. But punts is a completely different animal. But I don't want Jahan Dotson. I think he's, you know, he's too valuable to have out there. But I don't know anybody who can just get something. We haven't had that sort of dangerous returner in a while. And there's not that many around anymore anyway. But it is. I, I would like to see like a Kashmir Allen make the team just as a returner. Or over, seventh uh, over Pringle or Pringle. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or Pringle. I'm just saying one of those guys whose specialty is returning. Sure. And then be a, be the seventh receiver rather than have a seventh receiver, which is Dax Milne back there catching punts. You know what I mean? I yeah. want that specialist who can be a seventh receiver mm. rather than a seventh receiver just returning punts because you don't have anybody else. Do you know the answer to TJ's question here? When was the last kick return touchdown? He's joking saying Brian Mitchell. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually kick return or punt return or any we're, kick or return. Either. We're, we're going to go with kickoff return. Cause that's the one that I have. Uh, I think Andy, Steven Sims had one, didn't he? Not Steven the most Sims recent Jr. one. 
Oh, more, not the most a, recent one. Gus more is recent than that. Sims. Curtis uh, Samuel's Allison's guess. Um, Samuel, is it what year was it? Can you give me that? No, that's what you're t- supposed to tell me. That's the answer. When was the last win? Not who win. Oh, well, I have no idea. I thought you wanted to know. Who. I, I give you the year. Would you be able to guess the player? I'd be able to try to guess the player. 2021. I'll even oh. tell you the game. It was the Atlanta Falcons in 2021. Oh, oh, I remember. I remember. Wait, I remember him running. Washington it was the won, start of the second the half. It was the, it was the yep. start of the second half. It was the opening to the second half. It's what yes. pulled Washington ahead. They missed the extra point. But they took the lead 19 to 17 to open up the uh the third. Dang it, who was that? I don't remember who it was. It's somebody who's not on the team now, I bet. You. No god. Oh yeah, no. Absolutely not. They he lasted like one year with Washington. Uh DeAndre Carter. Oh yes, yes, DeAndre Carter. That was your that was your return specialist. Yeah. Uh, yeah although so that was his left. only touchdown that he got on a uh, on any return. He he is the perfect example of he's a return specialist who can be your seventh receiver. That's what he was for Washington. He had to be like the third receiver that year, <laughs> the, the injuries and everything. Was, but he rough. is the guy. That's what you. That's what I want on the team. I want a, yeah. a return specialist rather than a receiver that they just throw back there. Yeah. The so back Cashmere the Allen roster. might make the team just because of that or Byron Pringle. I think Byron Pringle, Pringle makes his team, period. He is period. he is quick. I think he's, he's going to be a five or a six receiver. He's pretty exciting. I, like I I just hope he has the hands. But, I mean, what, what was his – somebody might have to look this up for me – uh, but what was his his uh, forty time? Mm, Any, anybody question. know that? Because he, they they the social media team for the Washington Commanders showed a video of his and was just like, yeah, this isn't sped up. This is just how fast he is. Oh, I mean, he's yeah, twenty nine yeah. years old, so it's not like he's a young guy. He's one of he's one of EB's pullovers. Yep. But just how fast is this guy? That's a that's a fair question. I he's fast, or else he wouldn't even be here, because like you said, his age and everything. Mm-hmm. But he is a B enemy guy, and uh, four four know, six. By the way, that's not that's not that's blazing. not as fast as I was thinking. I mean, that's this you got blazing. you've got a lot of four three guys on this team. Mm-hmm. So, but that was that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I guess I think I can four, run four, a four six four six. No, you couldn't. You might be right able now? to get a four, four, six to the end of the table grabbing a beer. Oh, you didn't say how that. long it was. <laughs> I mean, I can do a four, four, six from here to the bathroom. That's a, that's uh, a lot. Goodness gracious. Yeah. All right. I've held off long enough. All right. We have Nicole asking and screaming in the comment section right now for us to get to Sam Hell. All right. Let's start this off with the tracker. Okay. Okay. Bust out the tracker. We're going back to the 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 old school tracker here. In fact, I'm going to give Stoner the full thing here, oh. and uh, and I'm going. Well, now we can't hear you. You should be able to okay. hear me now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm in the backstage area. Stoner's got the full screen for his board and his Sam Hal tracker. Did you get one August on there? It was good. It was good. It was good. It was a good day for Sam Howe yesterday. All right. You did not 
have a choice in that. The fans outvoted you and said that he was good, has been good all off season, but right. we're not gonna we're not gonna take that one into account. Okay, you got the green stoner. You got the red. I got the green. It's August second, and you haven't written that on the board yet. Damn it! Good call. This is this is us true professionals. This is why uh-huh. I believe has us on their network. Uh huh. True. <laughs> All right, He's, August second. You're gonna there. start tasting some of that uh, marker there. Putting you trying to get it in your mouth there. August second. Good or not good for Sam Howell. Trout is saying good. I'm gonna believe that Nicole's is on a good. Mm-hmm. Let's hear. Let's hear what you have to say. And of course, if you're one of our audio listeners, make sure you get out there and hit our socials up and let us know about what your thoughts are on this tracker. Just a, a quick recap, too, that this is not this is good and not good, and this is reading between the lines because nobody ever says he. Was no one's going to say he's bad, bad. Yeah, right. Nicole's going with good. Ant is going with good. Josh is saying. Uh, Josh was saying excellent. I, I'm a not, lot of howlers in the chat. Listen, listen, let me tell you, I'm not doing this to be a downer. I'm oh, not doing no. this to go against. But I'll sum it up this way. I don't know who posted it, and I'm sorry they don't get credit, but somebody showed the last play of practice, 11 on 11, which was a high snap to Sam, but he got it. and. Uh, either him or Gibson went the wrong way. There was supposed to be an RPO type play. And then it was basically a sack. And then Sam threw it 30 yards out of the end zone and said, this is the what practice was today. This is a perfect example of what practice was today. I'm sorry, but read between the lines. It was not a good day today. I'm sorry. And we, we've got to get away from giving him all the excuses of all. Uh, we're probably going to start seeing it in the uh, in the chat here of all the excuses of why he's not having, why he's having an up and down camp. And what are we at? We're at three good days and four bad days. So that is the epitome of an up and down camp. I don't think there's even two in a row. Well, there is two in a row for bad. He's not having a great camp. He's having an up and down camp. And if you listen to Rivera, if you listen to McLaurin, if you listen to any of them, nobody is going above and beyond and talking about how great Sam is. They're, they're not. That's I'm sorry. Our, that's from our comment section. They they're they're asking for it. He's they are just booing not having right now. He's just not having a great camp. And there's a, a tons of excuses out there. I don't understand the excuses. I don't understand why everyone just wants to crown him as this great quarterback when he hasn't done anything yet. He's not having a great camp. He's not having a bad camp. He's up and down. Sorry. Joshua, if Sam Howell wants to come on Ref the District, he has an open invitation. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, we the, asked him, and he said, the, he said, I'll be there soon. <laughs> so, the players don't have a lot of availability for uh, for – shows they give media availability they don't give give necessarily show availability during yeah. as the season approaches i'm mm. not going to go against you stoner in the not good day okay. i do want to help people quantify this for for their understanding 
if we were doing a scale from one to 10 and five is average, mm -hmm. typically what you see is like in most scoring systems, six is, is considered average and anything below six is actually, you know, below average. So, so let's use that uh, as our barometer. So okay. six in, and you can use half increments. You don't have to, I don't have to get crazy. It's like a 5.37 or whatnot, mm -hmm. but kind of explain what your feeling is if if he's not having a good day where is that being ranked um i would put it at a you were kind of hitting around the in that area i would put it around a six six and a half that's where i put average it. average and maybe just yeah. a, and this is why we changed average the tracker already we had it not uh good and bad yeah but it wasn't necessarily that he was having bad days it's just that he wasn't having a day where you know, he's Patrick Mahomes, mm. right? 10 would be Patrick Mahomes. And six is your average QB play. It's also not uh, an indicator of what he's going to be this season. It has, has really no bearing on that. Mm -hmm. We're just kind of doing it to see, to see what it's like day in and day out to be a second year quarterback and, and how you're playing in a new offense in a life. new. Yeah. yeah. We understand he's going to have ups and downs. All rookies and second year guys have ups and downs. That's the part of the learning process. Yeah, I, I actually brought but that he's up. He's still having downs. You have to admit yeah. it. I, I brought that up in the tracker yesterday where five years ago, Patrick Mahomes and during his second season mm -hmm. was getting blasted for having such a bad camp. Yeah. Obviously that's Patrick Mahomes. Is there any like we know that you're debbie downer you're a realist I'm a you're realist. a realist you're That's a realist right. we got it all right is there any excitement for you for sam howell yes massive excitement for sam howell because he does have the, the physical tools mm -hmm. to be an nfl quarterback what we don't know is if he has the physical tools to run an nfl offense and does he have the uh, mental fortitude to be able to, again, to run an offense at the NFL level. We've seen him do it in college. That's great. This is a totally different animal. And all we've seen him do is throw 19 passes in his career and complete 11 of them. And some of those were really good passes. Some of them were great passes, but he had some bad ones too. We just sure. can't ignore them. So, I, but I do have high hopes that he can be that guy. And I want him so bad to be that guy, but I try and look at it realistically, objectively, listen to what they're saying. And every time people ask about Sam to Ron Rivera, he talks a little bit about Sam. And then he immediately starts talking about Jacoby Brissett. Mm. We didn't ask you about, we don't care about Jacoby Brissett to be, Totally honest. Yeah. I think most people are with uh, Tony in the chat here, uh, not wanting to see Jacoby out there. Trout is mm. correcting you on the spot, by the way. The video you're referring to was actually Jacoby, not Sam. So it was Jacoby who was sacked and threw the ball 30 yards. I think mm. any QB in this offense right now is going to struggle. 
They're all learning a new system through Eric Bieniemy. Mm-hmm. They're all playing behind an offensive line that is still trying to work out their kinks and are at a talent level far below the defensive line that they're going up against. All true. So I, there's going to be struggles. What I think a lot of people might misunderstand, and I, I've known you for a decade plus, so mm-hmm. I understand where this realism is coming from Mm -hmm. and the hope like you want, we all want Sam to be the guy. Mm -hmm. I am a howler. I believe he has the, the tools necessary to become the guy. I I do want to see it on paper. I mean, he has to prove it. He still has to go out there and win football games for our franchise. Mm -hmm. What I don't, what I think most people don't understand is you're not necessarily, you're not actually a Sam Howell hater. Correct you will give Sam Howell time. Like you're not going to be calling for Jacoby Brissett three games in. If Sam Howell's not performing well, you're going to give him time to perform. Mm, You are definitely not reading that correctly. (laughs) You're going to pull him the moment he has a bad game. No, but three, four games is about what I'm going to give him. Let Let me, let me adjust that. If it were me running the show, it wouldn't be three or four games. I'd give him the whole year, almost regardless of how bad he is, almost, to a certain extent. So I'd probably give him like eight games. Ron Rivera is not going to give him more than three or four games. And, and I'll give you an example of why not. When he inherited, he inherited Dwayne Haskins. He gave him three games. Maybe four. He gave him more than that. It was five. No, I think he gave him three games and he benched him before the fourth game. It might've been four games and benched him before the fifth game. It was one of those. He, and this was when Ron had no pressure to win. He had no pressure to win. He was supposed to play Dwayne Haskins because that was the owner's guy. So he had no pressure. And he says, I can't do it. I can't look at Jonathan Allen in the eye and say, I'm going to put Dwayne Haskins out there again and then tell Jonathan Allen, I'm doing everything I can to give this team a chance to win. Yes. Yeah, four games, by the way, four games. And then they benched him and they mm-hmm. said, that's it in a no pressure year. He had zero pressure to win that year. Yeah. There was, a, was I think a, first year it, it was, there was also the fact that the division was winnable. That's what we kept hearing. Is well, that was like, still what, early though. This yeah, was, was, I think you they were one in three at the time. They were one in three. Yeah. We ended up being one in five before being uh let's see, two and five, two and six, two and seven. At two and seven, though, they were still they were in still, the division yeah, at were. that point. But they would rather go with uh what was the donk's name, the third stringer for all Kyle Allen. Kyle, they went with Kyle Allen yeah. instead of Dwayne Haskins with no pressure to win. Now Ron has all the pressure in the world to win. And you think he's just going to keep sending Sam Howell out there game after game, loss after loss, bad QB play after bad QB play. If that's the case, he's not going to do it. His job is on the line and he's got an $8 million quarterback sitting behind him. Who's capable. I'm not saying he's great. He's capable. He's the kind of backup that you want. He's just not going to give him that much of a rope. I'm sorry. He's not. Not with his job on the line. He's not going to say, well, let's just keep throwing him up. And again, 
He's going to look Jonathan Allen in the eyes and say, I know Sam has been terrible, but he gives us the best chance to win. And Jonathan Allen might punch him in the face. <laughs> He's going to say, no, he doesn't. Jacoby does. We all know it. You know it. Everybody in the world knows it. So zip it and send uh, Jacoby Brissett out there. That's that's what I think. That's why I think you misread me on that. Well, I, I'm not saying that you like you said you'd give him eight games. I would. and that's that's what yeah. I was reading. I okay. that you're not like you want to see him develop. You understand that there's going to be ups and downs yes. because this is his first year as a starter. But I, I don't have to where, answer to John Allen. Yeah, Josh Harris <laughs> or Jonathan Allen. No, yeah. I'm talking about John Allen. Yeah. I'm talking about in that locker room. So. I think that the players have also shown great support for Sam Howell. There have been some things, Terry McLaurin kind of like the comment from him. You really have to listen to it because the wording of it was Mm -hmm. not great. The wording of it definitely led to me to believe like he doesn't necessarily believe because he was just like, we're he Terry McLaurin flat out says we're still looking for that guy. When yeah. you're talking about QB play. Yeah. He goes on to give some praise to Sam Howe. And if you actually listen to the full thing and, and take into context, it doesn't sound nearly as bad as just that line. But that line felt pretty, you know, damning mm-hmm. at first to be able to, you know, just see it. Right. But Jahan Dotson has said good things. You have Curtis Samuel saying good things that he believes because he's putting in the work and you see that there's this, this leadership about him. Terry McLaurin is saying those things. That praise, I don't think is empty. All right. I have to ask you a question that you said earlier. You said that you think Sam Howell has everything it takes. You're a howler. He has everything Mm -hmm. it takes to be, he can spin it. He absolutely can spin it. His physical tools, we all know that. But you remember you and I were standing uh, in Ashburn at camp, and the four quarterbacks were out there just running, you know, warm-ups, throwing to running backs and such. And at that time, that was Carson, Taylor, um, Sam Howell, and Cole Kelly. Wasn't that the guy's name? That's Cole six, Kelly, yeah, dude, right? I really liked Cole Kelly too. I exactly. Yeah. That's kind of my point. <laughs> if Cole Kelly was out there and you had no idea who he was, and Cole Kelly was out there running this offense, you'd say that dude has all the physical skills to be an awesome NFL quarterback. And then you say his name's Cole Kelly, and he's an undrafted, undrafted fourth stringer. Yeah. What are you talking about? Well, my eyes tell me that he has the physical tools. Well, physical tools is 1% of what you need to be a great quarterback or a franchise quarterback, not even a great quarterback. So there there has to be more to it on why people think Sam Howell can be the guy. And here's my theory, all right? This is my theory that we had talked about earlier. It's called – well. Before I get to it, it's why do you like Sam Howell, Nathan? I'm asking you. I, I like him because from what I have seen, mm-hmm. like I said, the physical traits are there. I think that so I I like my QB to have some level of moxie, and I've seen that from Sam Howell. 
Yeah, for you sure. Know, it's one of the things that ter- the uh, that Taylor Heineke had. Mm-hmm. He was missing the physical tools. Sure. But there was still something about him that just kind of popped, right? Yeah. I told you in 2011, hmm. Ooh, RG3. You're, you're right into my... Yeah, RG3 was special. And that's because I actually was living in Oklahoma at the time, this and I got awesome. to go to some OS, uh, OSU, the Oklahoma State games. Yeah. And I went to some Sooner games. I got to see... RG3, RG3 up and yeah. close. Right. And you could just tell you could see it that there was something special about yeah. this guy. And with Sam Howell, I get that same feeling. There's something right. electric about him that along with the analytical side of my brain that I like to see because I, I look at his the spin rate of his ball, Sam Howell, and how he throws it. And he just throws a very pretty ball and it's accurate ball. And it's mm-hmm. The the one concern I'd have for him is that he is a, on the touch smaller side than you would like mm. your your QB to be, but sure, he is sturdy built. He I think he's got, and I hate if I really hate using these coin coined terms here, but it's like sneaky athleticism, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's not sure. going to outrun an NFL linebacker, but I don't need him to. I just need him to give a little shimmy and shake and get me five yeah. yards every now and then. Yep. Okay. If you go look at Patrick Mahomes, he's somewhat athletic. I mean, he's crazy athletic, but he's not fast. Right. Right. I, you don't need to be fast. You need to be crafty and you need to be able to move the pocket. And that's something I still haven't necessarily seen from him at the NFL level is the of, of the sensing where the pocket is, but there's still something about Sam Howell that I find electric. Okay. That fits right into my theory. Uh, the actually the RG three part is, and the theory is the name of it is, and forgive me. Cause I can't really even say it very well, but I just, I know what I'm trying to say. It's called familiarity bias. Familiarity. It's hard for me to okay. say that word. And it's familiarity bias. And what it is, is people like what they know, what they've seen, what they've sure. heard. Sometimes, and, and the familiarity can come from a, a bunch of different areas. It can be that a certain player played at their high school or played at their rival high school or just in their state in high school. Or maybe in college, they went to their school or they went to a rival school or a conference that their school plays in, or they went and saw them play at one game, i.e. RG3 against Oklahoma State. Um, and it's then when it gets to the NFL level, you think they can be great because you're aware of them. You're familiar with them. And that's where I think the Sam Howell bias comes in the familiarity because they heard about him being a potential number one pick after his sophomore year when he wasn't eligible to be drafted. Then when it came time for him to be drafted and he's in the, he's in the mix and everyone's like, Oh yeah, I remember Sam Howell. I remember that guy. He was supposed to be a first rounder. And then he falls all the way to the fifth round. And so now everybody wants to be able to say, I knew Sam Howell, when he was 
a sophomore in college. I was aware of him. You do have a lot of Carolina fans that are also fans of Washington. But I will always go, and this happens in all sports, in Mm -hmm. all levels, the familiarity bias. And a a great example I think of it is if you remember the draft this year. When it came time for Washington's pick, you and I and 90% of the fans were screaming Christian Gonzalez. Mm -hmm. Everyone thought Gonzo was the pick. Why? That was the guy everybody had heard about. Everybody Everybody told us that he was the guy. He was the number two cornerback in the draft. And there was even he was listed as number one in a lot of places. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. But the one guy went like top five or something. He went Mm -hmm. really high. But we were all led to believe he was a top 10 pick, and it was incredible that he could fall to us. And then we didn't pick him, and we took Forbes. And we were all like, what? Why didn't we take Gonzalez? Everybody said, we didn't watch Gonzalez at the Combine. We didn't watch him on his pro day. We didn't watch him all his tape from high school, or I mean from college, right? We didn't do all that. We had just been told. We were familiar with him as a – the guy who should go as the second corner taken. And so that's what we thought. Now it could be that Forbes is way better. And, but who are we as just a bunch of donks? So it's the same way with Sam Howell. Everybody had heard of him. So we think he should be a great diamond in the rough with the fifth pick. However, scouts, um, uh, Personnel people, coaches, front office folks watched every single throw he ever threw in college. They went to his pro days. They talked to his coaches. They talked to opposing coaches. They went to this combine. They talked to him. They put him in situations in front of a board and talked about plays. They sat down with him one-on-one, gave him tests, both physical and mental tests. And pick after pick after pick all of these people who are a hundred times smarter at football than us passed on him and said, he's not the guy Pittsburgh said, he's not the guy. And they drafted Kenny Pickett. Atlanta said, he's not the guy and drafted Desmond Ritter. Tennessee didn't think he was the guy and drafted Malik Willis. Was there anybody else before him? Maybe he was uh, Coral, right. I believe was Carol. Oh yeah. Matt Carolina. Corral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even know where he went and nobody said Sam Howell's the guy. So now all of a sudden he gets to Washington And all of us fans want to think that because we know who he is, he's the guy. But nobody thought he was the guy of those who matter. It's a familiarity bias. And that's why we all think he's going to be great. And he's done nothing to prove that he's going to be the franchise quarterback. That's my theory. Familiarity bias. There is, I, I'm not necessarily going to agree with you because of course, then I would, you know, that would suck. Um, but what I, what I will say is there is something about this fan base that we, the, we do absolutely get attached to these players mm-hmm. and we fight for them. And we have the district diamond, these end of the roster guys that we just get excited to see. You got the Mason Brennan award is from Hogs Haven and, and you just get hyped for these uh, individuals. Mm-hmm. Look at the hive Taylor Heineke. at no point was a top 15 quarterback, right? Never once. Right. Okay. 
he has a rabid fan base here in the district because it's just we. I think we're so desperate for one, maybe, but we're just we're going to get those kind of players. We there's we're ten plus years removed from RG three, and we still talk about twenty twelve. Mm-hmm. We kind of glance over Kirk Cousins, although there are people who really love Cousins and and still talk about him. But they're now we're attached to Sam Howell. And I am a howler. I did like him coming out of college. He was one of the ones that I rated fairly highly. I do agree with you in a sense that he fell to the fifth very with a very good reason. He wasn't the first, the second, the third, the fourth QB taken. Right. You know, and there's a reason for that. And I think there's also a reason why he sat so long behind horrible QB play and Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't given a chance until the season was over. And there was even probably some trust issues there where he's only given 19 chances. We talked about it prior to that Dallas game mm-hmm. where you want to see the, him throw the ball as much as possible. It's a meaningless yeah. game for, for you. Yep. If you win and he throws 50 times, great. If you lose and he throws 50 times, you at least have 50 examples on whether or not he can be the guy for you next year, or do you need to draft somebody in the upcoming NFL draft? And right. they didn't do that. They they did a they did 19 plays. He had one horrific play. He had a couple drops. He had some, he had a I would say three special throws that I can think off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Probably more than that, but three off the top of my head. The one to Terry. So actually, I'm going to go with four off the top of my head now. He has the one to Terry where Terry had to speed up. He has the one to the back shoulder of Jahan where Jahan had to like whip around, grab it, but it took him to the outside, gained some extra yards. Mm-hmm. You have the original touch, the first touchdown to Terry McLaurin, which was thrown on time in front. Like it was just a perfect throw. Terry has the speed, makes it to the end zone. You have the other one across the middle to Jahan Dotson, mm-hmm. which was just a laser in laser. front of him. And like, just amazing. Those are four throws off the top of my head out of the 11 completions that he made that were just throws that you're like, this guy can do this for a season. We need okay. to see a full season of him. Yeah. And, and I hope, I hope so. And, but I, I could be wrong. And you kind of mentioned like, uh, you mentioned Kirk Cousins. Some people like him, some didn't. I liked him. Why do you think I liked him? Familiarity, because that's your stick right now. <laughs> because he's a Michigan State guy. True. And I knew him from the time Smarty. he was a freshman at Michigan State. And so I was familiar with him. So I I watched him a lot more than I watched Ben Roethlisberger. I'm just trying to throw somebody out there who I would – or Dak Prescott, who was at Mississippi State. I didn't see one college game that Dak Prescott, who was picked in the fourth round, who no, nobody ever even gave a, a care about, and Kirk Cousins, who was in the fourth round as well. It's But I knew all about Kirk Cousins, so I was like, I think Kirk Cousins is going to be good because I watched him. And if you asked me about Dak, I'd be like, I don't know nothing about Dak. I never even heard of the guy until somebody drafted him, until the Cowboys drafted him. But it, So it's that kind of thing that – we tend to uh, choose guys or we tend to root for guys or we tend to believe in guys because we're more familiar with them than we are with other guys. 
And that's all. And that's why I think a lot of people like Sam Howell because they had heard of him uh, thinking that he would have been a first round draft pick the year before if he had been eligible, but he wasn't And draft status does matter. I'm sorry. It does matter, especially when we're talking about quarterbacks in the late rounds. Yes, there's Tom Brady. Uh, Yes, there is Tony Romo. Yes, there is Kurt Warner. And that's about it in the last 40 years. It's a much, much shorter list when you get that way. Guys, scouts don't miss on late round quarterbacks. They don't. Very rarely miss. Yeah. The, uh, you can't say that they never miss if you just give us three examples, That's but right. That's right. the, uh, I will say this. I draft matters the first year at this point. I really wish most people would drop that. He's a fifth round rookie. Cause he's not a rookie. He's a second year pro. Mm-hmm. Yes. He was taken in the fifth round. Yes, people need to manage their expectations. Yes, today was a not good day. But that doesn't mean that good days aren't ahead of him. And we're going to keep the tracker going. But we're also going to keep this going. And we're going to move on to a subject that I loathe to talk about. <laughs> right. But too. we're here because people <laughs> love this question, apparently. What's in a name? Do you want Washington to return to the Washington Redskins moniker that's coming up here in the cool down? Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.